Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Sorry You're In My Seat, a weekly podcast that unites two best friends on a quest to find the greatest movies of all time. I'm your host, Aaron, and each week I have the pleasure of talking movies and films with my best buddy, James. Yes, sir. And this week is no exception. We're going back to school. Yeah, we are. That miserable time, you know, kicking and screaming. You didn't want to go. You didn't want to get up early. And then you just replace school with work. And you don't want to get up early. You don't want to go. <laughs> well, at least get paid now. Yeah, exactly. That's true. <laughs> this week we are going back to school. Uh, so each week we take on a different movie topic or theme. Sometimes it's a director, sometimes it's an actor, sometimes it's a new release, or sometimes we just stalk the streaming services and the cinemas to find the latest and greatest on the quest to find the very best movies that we put in the Sorry You're In My Seat vault. Then, every now and again, we do a themed episode where we kind of take a ridiculous idea and try and apply it to film, and this week is no exception to that rule. <laughs> School. When you boil it down, it's like A to Z, <laughs> but, but we've removed the limitation of A to Z. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so what we're going to do this week is uh, we're going to look at um, all the different roles within the school, all the different subjects, and which characters from films would teach them subjects of best. Yeah, yeah, with with passion. I've gone for something in mind. I, I've gone for people I would love to learn from. Uh, maybe I've been unruly and I've picked, I've picked like a teacher that would, you know, punish me when I've been bad. You know, the firm hand that I need. <laughs> <laughs> when I was when I was doing this, I don't know about you, but I hated school. And I got really excited. I was like, I would have loved this if this person was my teacher. That's the interesting part of this conversation, isn't it? Mm. It's, it's like in in that Hogwarts world where you had a magical school, you know, where you could just pick your own teachers, you know, or maybe it would be like the X-Men school. Yeah. Hopefully just not attacked as much. Because... <laughs> Let's be honest, their their ratio of being attacked to not being attacked is pretty lopsided. So I've got a series. So, right, you're 11 years old. You get a letter from Hogwarts and it's telling you to come to this magical school. You know, magic school. You're, you're a muggle-born, mate. You're, maybe you're a mudblood. Maybe. I'm just saying. And you, this whole idea is open to you and your parents have to learn what magic is. You don't know what's going on. Then on your first day, it just happens to be Harry Potter's sixth year. And then the headmaster starts talking about, you might die this year. <laughs> You'd be like, well, that would never happen at LSST. <laughs> just... See that should be the that should be a movie, shouldn't it? Your first day is, you know, and you're like, oh, this fucking Harry Potter bloke. Every year, yeah, just fucking hell. Shit happens with that lad. Or just be like, or just have someone with a birthmark on your head that everyone confused. Oh my god, you yeah. Harry Potter? You go, no. They go, yeah, oh. it's not lightning bolts. It's like sunshine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it's aubergine emoji on your forehead. <laughs> School's tough. Yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> But school, you know, in the, the school environment is a playground for filmmakers. You know, yes, you've got the magical world and you've got the mutant world, but you've also got, you know, you've got the passionate teacher working mm. in the rundown area of the city, or you've got the, um, you know, the teacher that's down and their look that kind of gets the rejuvenated life from teacher uh, from from the students. From the inspirational to the detestable. Yeah. You know, um, the, the biggest one's been like the Keats from... Uh, Robin Williams in you know Dead Poets Society, and then you got Miss Trunchbull, just like locked you in a room with nails. Yeah, I mean that's pretty. That's pretty. Basic. That Iron Maiden is pretty solid, yeah. but Miss Honey in that film. There you go, delightful memories, mate. You know, but then you got movies like One Eight Seven, Dangerous Minds. We talked about another round recently. Yeah. Oh, there you go. We see so schools everywhere, mate. And it, every- is, it is the well that film keeps going to, isn't it? Mm. It's the perfect place to set a movie because also you're right. You can have it about the subject because it could be sport related. Mm-hmm. You know, you could have your Coach Carter style kind of movie. Um, or it could be about a specific. Uh, I, I always like the um, the the half Nelson with Ryan Gosling. Oh, I don't tell you. I don't think I know that good, one. Good movie. You might want to check out. I mean, and then you've got. I mean, let's be honest. I know Buffy is my type of thing, but like the whole like playground of a play of, of school as well. School's a time when people find out who they are mm. and get special powers. And, you know, <laughs> we, we were all yeah, there. We were all in there. Yeah. 
you know, puberty, special powers, it's all the same thing. It's just like it being, uh, I would always hate to be a student after Buffy had come to be like, oh, so there's no Slayer to save me from the mutants and, and the vampires and whatnot. Anyway, that's what we're doing. Yes. Yeah, Fantasy schools. schools. Uh, before all of that, let's just catch up because we're five minutes in. Your week been good? My week has been good. I feel like the last two weeks, I haven't brought enough movies. I was really excited. By the time this comes out, I will have seen it. Moonfall. Roland's back, mate. It doesn't make any sense. But I heard something. I heard something on the grapevine. And when I look at it, so there's two Rolands. There's Independence Day. And then the other side is Independence too. <laughs> so I like the first Independence Day, but he's got this knack of he just wants to destroy cities and the world. And then he'll add storyline after. It's just like, I want to see, you know, New York under a blizzard. So I'll make, oh, something to do with global warming. Day after tomorrow. But then this, isn't this the thing, like, so the reason we have cars free mm. is because when you've done the hard work of creating the cars universe, sequels are a lot easier to do because you've already got the tools and the equipment and the software yes. and, you know, whatever it is. You know, so that's why Disney Channel has all the sequels that you like shit, particularly in the animated world. <laughs> yeah. uh, Jafar's I, I, hat. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like yeah, well, I mean more the kind of the, uh, the graphic effects mean. rather than the um, hand-drawn illustrations. But surely this is the same, right? He's just got all this this footage of cities blowing up. He's like, well, fuck it. Going to do the same thing again. But do you know why I'm inspired this time? It's because he uses what I can only say is amazing um, publicity. So when Independence Day came out, I don't know if you remember, the teaser was the White House blowing up. And that was it. it was oh, he's like, marketing. His marketing is next level. Because I'll never forget the marketing for Godzilla was some of the best ever. It was, his foot is, is as big as this billboard. You know, it was like, oh, his toenail is the size of this bus. And it was like, oh my God, it's going to be amazing. And he does a very good job of never showing you storyline. Mm. Blow that out of the water, mate. Moonfall, that, that trailer goes, it's like the stuff living in the earth, <laughs> in the moon. Get to it. I just cannot wait because it's showing it. It's showing already how bollocks it is. I think I might actually really enjoy it. Inspired by this, I was going to go see it, but I couldn't. So I've watched some bad films this week, but not by choice. I've had a smorgasbord, mate. I've, I've had a lot. I've seen the film that you'll love. Mm. Early contender for film of the year. I've seen Home Team. Yeah, it's, it's new. So when this comes out, it'll be the day after the Super Bowl. Right. I've seen two NFL films this week. It's been a crazy time, but I'm also, and I know you're excited about this, mate. Series three, Hammer's still completed it, mate. Okay, oh, you've been busy, haven't you? I have been busy. Um, it's been, it's been, what ride? Season four is on there, but you have to pay for it. So fuck that. <laughs> I, I pay for it. It's uh, on Channel 4. Is it on Channel 4? Yeah, well, it's on more 4. So there you go. That's where I watched so it, So I'll yeah. see season four. So I just don't know how much abuse June can take. <laughs> it's Elizabeth mental. Moss, I know. <laughs> it's crazy. I know. Season four, mate, though, it's about to turn it all on its head. Oh, my God. There's a there's an epic scene where she goes to Washington mm. and they've turned the, is it the Washington Monument, into a giant cross. Yeah. She just looks at it out of the window. I was like, oh, my God, this is brilliant. What world building is amazing. And that, that scene as well, like in front of the Abraham Lincoln statue. Yeah, so it's been smashed up and everything. Yeah, and they're just going backwards and forwards. Yes. And it's like, and I should have let you burn. It's like, <laughs> go on. I love Elizabeth Moss. I love The Handmaid's Tale. I know I shouldn't, but I love it. It's It's... It's, it's that world, mate, where I really love. I really shouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those series that I'm going to be happy when it's done. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, I'm going to miss the acting and the and the screenwriting of that show. Absolutely crazy. I've been watching the show this week. Now, I know you've got Ooh. some movies that you want to go back to, but do you want to yeah, keep it on small screen for yeah, a second? Yeah, keep it on small screen, yeah. I've started watching Reacher, the TV series that's just come out on Amazon. That's So that's based on the books, which Tom Cruise did two films on. Yeah. And I know for a fact they've gone with this giant bloke, haven't they? Mm. Like, who is more more like the fictional character? Yes, yeah. Talk so, to me about 
I, I'm a, uh, I'm a Lee Child, Jack Reacher uh, enthusiast. I think I have all of the books and I've literally just finished reading the latest one, which is like number fucking, I don't know, 30. It's still the same premise. He goes to a place. Yeah, it's all the same stuff. So it, it, Jack Reacher is a uh, military cop that's retired. He's a veteran. He's out of the services. He's had his life, uh, because his parents were in the military as well. So he grew up on air bases in Germany and around the world. And his life has been dictated by where the army tells him to go, when to go and all that kind of stuff. So now that he's out, he's a homeless, uh, like free spirited drifter. Yeah. So he goes town to town on the Greyhound or on the train, gets off when he sees a place name that he likes to look of. He carries his passport and a toothbrush. That's all he does. That's cool. So he he shops in charity shops, bins the clothes he's wearing, just keeps on going and he has his pension wired into a bank in Western Union. So he's, you know, he's got no rules, no regulations. And he used to be a cop in the military. So he's got mm. this kind of detective background, very uh, accoladed as well. So he's got all the purple hearts and all that stuff. And there is a line in it that uh, trouble follows you wherever you go. And that's the premise of the books. He gets off. It's like, that. you can remember when we saw about Dial 2? Yes. John McClane's in the airport and he can't not be a cop. And he yes. sees an exchange and he's like, that just does, in me waters, mm. that just doesn't, doesn't look right. Doesn't settle. Don't, Don't sell. sell. It's like it, gas. The, the instincts, mate, they kick in. And this is this is reaching through and through. He's it's like, like gas. <laughs> <laughs> he'll be sat in a diner or he'll be walking down the street or whatever it is and he clocks something or sees something or he's mistaken for someone and then, you know, the first chapter is him saying, I'm just going to get on the next bus out of here, but you know because the book's 300 pages long, he ain't going to leave. <laughs> and they're always these small towns that occasionally they go to London, they go to LA, they go to these places, but most of the time it's, it's off the beaten track kind of towns. You know, where, and it follows that premise of Rambo, you know, where the sheriff kind of arrives and is like, we don't want you here. You look like trouble, you know. Um, And that's very much where this TV series picks off, which is inspired by the first book, The Killing Floor, which is the best book. I think there are, the latter Lee Child books, they're all, you know, because he releases one a year now in September. Yeah. So there's not that much time you would have thought put into it. He must know though where Lee Child, Lee Child's no idiot. He knows where his stories are going, aren't they? Yeah, well, and I think the last three is written with his brother, Andrew Child as well. So he is now just a, his income stream, which one book a year kind of thing. And so I, I like most of them, like the James Patterson, Alex Cross films yeah. and books, sorry, the books, the, you know, the first five were always great, six maybe, but then they started to lose their way a little bit. And it's the same with these, like the first five, six were great. They're really good, really good ideas. And now they are just, how many people is he going to kill in this town? Like yeah. this guy must have killed at least a thousand people by you would, now. You would have thought at some point someone would, someone would know someone, who he is. So someone would be like, maybe calm down a bit. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's done more work than the government by this point. You know, <laughs> like he's taken out like prostitute rings and like human trafficking and drug cartels and all this kind of stuff. Some vigilantism is a crime. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the thing was in the first books as well, like he would be more cop than, than anti-hero. You know, so he would he do the, did some work. Yeah, and, whereas a, in the latter books, he's just like, fuck it, shoots everyone. <laughs> in the, he has now just become like, everyone dies apparently. It's become like Rambo 2. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> perfect, perfect. But The Killing Floor is, is uh, it, it was the best of, of the books, I think. Gets off the bus. He's, he, he goes into this place called Margrave because he wants to know the history of this blues singer that apparently died there. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, and he's mistaken straight away because a body turns up and all of a sudden there's this six foot five gorilla like looking man walking around straight away cops pick him up as mm. the drifter who's probably done the murder look would have it and it's no spoiler it's the first episode it's the premise of it as, as coincidence happens his brother 
is in town the same day and they haven't seen each other for like 10 years oh, okay. and they didn't know they were going to be in town. Oh. And so, so it needs that like unbelievable opportunity yeah, well, to group you in as a reader and in the TV series. Well, America's a very small country, isn't it? I mean, no, but that's what I mean. It's one of those, it's so unbelievable. It has to be like- You have to believe. Yeah. And but I'll tell you what, uh, Alan Richardson, who, who's the main star in it now, who I haven't seen much of his work other than like the Hunger Games, I think it is. So when he was younger he in that- Hunger Games. He is- Built in this. He certainly played Aquaman in Smallville. I f- no, he was in Titans, wasn't he? Oh, I don't know. Well, I, do, I, I, I believe the actor, with, the Aquaman was only in it for like a few hours. It doesn't right. matter. And I'm, is he the same actor that plays young Scully in Brooklyn Nine-Nine? I don't know. Oh, sorry. I don't, I don't know. You could, could be. <laughs> but he is, uh, he's much, much more like the Jack Reacher from the books than Tom Cruise was. Now, I'm not a t- I wasn't a Tom Cruise denier. Mm. And the weird thing about the two Tom Cruise books is that they picked like novel 11 and like, 15. They didn't even go to the original Reacher book to mm. kind of introduce it. They did a good job. I remember liking the first Jack Reacher. Like the idea that this guy who shot them was so terrified of Jack Reacher. Mm. But the, I'll be honest, the second one was just fucking awful. The, t- the second one was bad. It was I, bad. I can't remember what it was. That never give up or something. Never something back like down. Fairly never... soon, doesn't he go hunting with the... Uh, I don't know... I'm sure he goes, he goes hunting with a famous actor right at the end. They just drop him in. Mm. Oh, it, it wasn't good. And and I was, I'm not a Tom Cruise denier. Yes, in the books, he's described as, like I say, being kind of over six foot, huge, intimidating, broad shoulders, you know, kind of thing. Tom Cruise kind of picked up the personality of him. He's mm. kind of like his snappy comebacks. He's, you know, those things where he's like outside the bar and he's like, you know, five guys versus one. And he says, oh, you know, um, I'm going to put, you know, it's three versus one. And then like there's five of us. He's like, no, because the second I hit the leader, two of you will run. Yeah. You know, and it, and it, it, Tom Cruise did all those things, which was great. And it was good screenplay in those, but this is much, much better. And I'm not, I'm not going to pretend it's a great series. It's not. There are loop, there are, there are things in it that really do my head in. And this, this, this may be a hill to die on that's very exclusive to me, but <laughs> there are things like there is, there are repeated scenes where Richard will say something like repeat something that someone said, but he wasn't in the room when they said it the first time. <laughs> so you're like, well, how do you know he said that? Yeah. You know, like, so in the first- the script said, mate. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yes, he so, read it. <laughs> so there's a lot of that. And there's a lot of like, um, you know, luckily, you know, the the uh, the, the the elite villains, um, you know, that are so elite, never hit him. You know, when they fire, the bullet always goes above his head. And you're like, oh, that was lucky again. You know, it's just, I'm not going to say it's like a perfect TV show. It is popcorn action fun. And it has a mystery- that unravels and it is quite graphic, you know, like mm. one episode, you know, there is a, there is some blood and, and you know, for a 15 it's, it's quite graphic when it wants to be. Has it got you? Has it got oh you? yeah. Eight episodes. I've got to watch it. And it will, like I said, it was the best. This is a better version of Reacher. Um, you know, it, it's, uh, it is entertaining. It's the kind of thing that I can binge quite easily. Like I watched three episodes the first night to the second, I'll finish it. I think in my next sitting, just get it done. I'm not bothered about drawing out. And I hope they do a few more of the earlier books. I hope, that season two is book two and they do it that way rather than just picking random Reacher books. Hopefully. Is it, I assume there's in the books, there's, is there like an overarching story? No, no, oh, okay. no, there's a couple of characters that will interlace. So he's, he's background. So those that yeah. he was in the military with. Maybe they can skip out like the boring books then. Maybe we'll go like one, two, three, four, five, six and then just go straight to 11. Yeah. There's one, one called Gone Tomorrow, which is really good, which starts with he's in a, he's in a New York subway and he spots a suicide bomber. Oh, so right. in, in the first chapter, it, it counts down all the tell signs of someone's uh, uh, got a vest on. Oh, that's And that cool. was really like straight in. Like, and the other thing with the Reacher books as well is like every fourth book is told first person. Bit irritating. So you're like, you're in his head in them. <laughs> oh, okay. So it's, it's, um, 
so yeah, so that's uh, another kind of Reacher Lee Child thing. But yeah, he's good, and he, you know, he's a good character. He's much, much better for the small screen than the big screen. Yeah, I find literary characters usually are in that type of thing. Yeah, because there is apparently a film based on The Handmaid's Tale, but I can't see how they would have. Oh yeah, from nineteen ninety. Yeah, I don't understand how they would have got all of that in. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Exactly. I, yeah. I just, it would have been crammed. That would Maybe have been that's tough. what's wrong with Super Mario Bros. Well, they, need, they need a Highlander it where they just give you a script at the beginning. Can you remember when films used to do that? It's yeah. so much easier. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just like a load of like you yeah. know. This has happened. Yeah. Right. This is right, yeah. This is what you need to know. Star Wars style, just a crawl. Right. Done. Going up. Yeah. <laughs> right. This. This is why this bloke's chopping this bloke's head off. Yeah. Stick, stick around. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, Let's that, bring that back for all movies, <laughs> even ones that you don't need it for. Yeah. Just, this is a rom com. <laughs> the, the next Adam Sandler movie. Just That's on Amazon, Reacher. Yes. Right. Well, sticking stick on Amazon. The expanse is over, mate. It's finished. It's done. Six series in. I, I was holding it because I thought it was gonna be a full run. There's only six episodes in the final series, so I was I was unnecessarily not watching them. Did it's you, over, it's done. Did you weep? I was very upset because I, I didn't think the ending was as strong. But do you know what? I am asking for another sci-fi TV series to get into because I loved The Expanse. It was so good. It's going to stay in there. It's some of my favourite books as well. It's, I want more. Mm. And it's very sad when something you love dies and is over. Mm. And that's very sad. Have you found something to fill that void? Not yet because I've watched some fucking shit this week. I know I know. Uh, one of the movies on Amazon you've watched because you told me to watch it and I then watched it. What was it? Cop Shop. I did I forgot to write notes on it. <laughs> we can do that next week if you yeah, want. There you go. Yeah, I forgot. Of all the films I've watched, I generally forgot I watched Cops. <laughs> when I saw it, I was like, oh yeah, I watched that thing because James said he would more than likely talk about that on the podcast. <laughs> Sorry, so, mate. Cop Shops are the Gerald Butler, Frank Grillo movie. So we'll do yes. that next week then. We'll do that next week. Um, I've seen, right, can I just talk about this film that's on the Netflix? It's called The House. Yes. Right, so The House is a three-part story. Oh, the animated one. About a house. Yes, exactly. That seems to exist in three different worlds, and the stories involve characters that interact with it. The House is a gorgeous piece of British stop-motion animation that never fails to deliver with its beautiful presentation that is clearly a labour of love. Yeah, I really want to watch this. I'm going to no spoilers. It's very brief, actually. The stories are unnatural, unnerving, but brilliantly voice acted by a host of talent, including Mia Goth, Paul Kay, Helena Bonham Carter, and you won't believe it, Jarvis Cocker. <laughs> Seriously, when Jarvis Cocker's voice, I was just spending going, I know that voice. And I haven't heard Jarvis Cocker speaking about 20 years. <laughs> um, each story is, a diff- is different, but maintains that tense atmosphere with delightfully horrific endings that never fails to deliver. You'll feel bad, but you'll enjoy it. First contender for film of the year 2022. Yeah, I want to see this so bad. Like, because they they did that. I think I talked about this a few weeks back. They did the mm. Fear Street thing, didn't they? They released them subsequent weeks. Oh, it's all in one. I saw. Oh, it's all right. Yeah, yeah. So, it's, it's 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 like an hour, nearly two an hour forty five, but it's just three stories told. But it like starts off with humans, and then the next story, the cats, yeah, or rats, and it's and, the mice, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm just gonna say they do this really weird thing that you can only get away with in animation. The heads are quite round on the humans. The eyes are so narrow mm. and very small. So there's lots of wasted space. There's just this uneerie quality. And there's a character that comes in that's very off-putting. It's beautiful, mate. Yeah. The stop motion is phenomenal in this film. It's, it's so gorgeous. And at the same time, it's telling you horrific story. I got vibes of when you talk about Coraline. Yeah. I've still not seen Coraline. I don't know why. But I get that feeling that when you're watching, oh my God, it's like Coraline. And it's got like this felt type of feel to it. Oh, it's, oh, it's brilliant. Loved it. Yeah, it, it's given off Coraline vibes. Yeah. I love that movie. You should see that. I, I think I mentioned I watched Fantastic Mr. Fox again the other week. Yeah, you did, yeah. And do you know what? That film is a gift that keeps on giving that 
every time I watch it, there's more and more that I love about that film. Mm. And the last time I watched it, you know, William Defoe plays the rat. Yes. He's deaf scene in it. He's like, he's like, is there anything you need? Cider. I need cider. And he gives him the cider and these eyes just cross over. Yeah. And he's just the most, <laughs> it's just, it's just the most beautiful poetic death for a William Defoe rat. <laughs> oh, cool. I'm going to watch that. I, yeah. I, I saw it was on Netflix. I knew it was coming and I saw it. Um, I was flicking through the channels earlier trying to find something and I was like, no, I want to savor that. I want to watch it properly. Oh, I will cool. see it though. But yeah, so for Film of the Year, that's early contender. Already contender, yeah. We haven't heard that yet this year. No, but that's because we, you've seen some of the films that we Yeah, because I watched Cop Shop. Not a fan. <laughs> Spoilers. I, I saw a movie on uh, Amazon. If, Ooh, we, yeah. if we're going to go backwards and backwards yeah, we'll until backwards we get obviously onto the main event, the school, school stuff. Um, I saw an Amazon original that cool. is 90 minutes long. Oh, perfect. And it's called 7500. No, I can't say I know that one. Stars, it's a very small cast. It stars Joseph Gordon-Levitt is the main mm. name in it. Um, there are maybe five or six uh, other, other people in it. Uh, but Omid Mimar, I think he's definitely worth a mention um, as, as someone who I've never seen his work before, but certainly kind of left a lasting impression in this. That's good. It's a... It's a very, very simple movie. I almost thought it was going to be shot in real time. It's about a pilot um, and a flight that is chartering from Berlin to Paris. And with it being a 90 minute movie, I thought, oh, is this going to follow all like the real time thing? Yeah. And it doesn't exactly, but... But close. Yeah. Hmm. Um, and uh, so the movie starts with Joseph Gordon-Levitt, the pilot, or the co-pilot kind of getting on board, going through all the checks. Very mundane beginning, you know, it's just them doing their job, checking everything's safe to fly and all that kind of stuff. And... And uh, air stewardess comes in, gives them a cheeky kiss on the oh, on, like, world on maybe you know and he, maybe they've got something going on on the side kind of thing. And he's very kind of quiet and humble American. And the German pilot that he's with is kind of like the more the brash, the bold, the, mm. the kind of main pilot. Boisterous. And uh, they go up in the air and they uh, they take the fastened seatbelt signs off. Uh, and then uh, the door opens to the cockpit to bring in a coffee. And then terrorists try to break through oh. into the cockpit. And it does. It becomes a uh, nightmare situation. I mean, seven five zero zero is the code for calling in a oh. terrorism alert or a distress signal. Mm. <clears throat> Do you know what? The majority of the movie is shot in the cockpit, so you never was... you never cut to the back of the plane. Yeah, and most you don't really see anything outside the cockpit. The only thing you see is a uh, video monitor showing you directly outside the door. So it is pretty much just Joseph Gordon Levitt. Um, and a camera doing yeah. most of this film. And I tell you what, he delivers. I mean, don't get me wrong, if this came out of the cinema, I don't think it would draw in an audience, but for a 90 minute movie that you can watch at home, it is quite tense. Oh, it sounds a bit of me though. I, I yeah. think that, that sounds brilliant. That's like one of the most horrific things you can think of, but at the same time, you can't see it. So it's all in his head as well. Yeah. You as an audience can't see it. You're there with him. That sounds, that sounds like a bit of me. Yeah, and he, he he does really pull it off actually. For for the majority of the movie, it's just it's just him, and he's injured, and you know, and he's he's got ground control kind of trying to talk him through it. He's got obviously terrorists trying to get in the cockpit. Um, one has got in the cockpit, but uh, you know, something's happened. Yeah, something's yeah. happened there. Um, but of course, there's someone on the other side of that door that he cares about, and so that's where the dilemma starts to come in. And what would you do in that scenario? Um, you know where. I, honestly, I did not expect it to be as tense as what it was. And I was like, holy shit, this is... And do you know what? Where the film, where you think the film's going to end, it kind of goes that little bit further. And you're like, oh, I got a bit more than I thought I was going to get. But it is pretty much the camera never leaves that cockpit for 90 minutes. It's, it, do you know what? I, I'm going to say it. 
I'm really impressed by Joseph Gordon-Levitt in this movie. I think he compliments the movie really well. You know, I think even from his younger stuff, you know, 10 Things I Hate About You, you know, I mean... He's always been an aged head, hasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, you know, and he's one of the people where he could have fallen into the vacuum that is the Michael Cera vacuum where you no longer look like you were belonging in high school and you struggle to get like the more kind of adult roles. But Michael Cera needs a moustache, that's what he needs. (laughs) He needs to break out with a moustache, mate. Yeah, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, you know, in a a lead role like this where he's predominantly him, you know, 500 Days is something like, he plays into that, you know, that Zoe Dachanel quirky you know, indie guy stereotype, you know what I mean? He does that very well. Mm. Um, and this, I thought he transitioned, he transitions really believable actually as a, as a pilot. Ooh. Like he really fucking pulled it off. And there are some scenes where he has to really go for it and he does. So well, well done. Well done, mate. Well done, well Joseph done. Gordon-Levitt. I mean, that's high praise. Just so you know, these are the films that I've watched and remember to write down. The Guardian, Disney Plus. Hold on. Yeah. Which yeah. one's that? You know which one it is. That's with Kevin Costner. And who's more irritating than Kevin Costner? It's that Ashton one. Ashton Kutcher. You haven't yeah. seen it. Is that, that's the one where they were like, where they, they play, um, d- like, savers, divers, yeah, uh, divers water uh, rescue team. I'll eat you very quickly. And Ashton Kutcher's a maverick. <laughs> it's like exactly what you need in that situation. The Guardian, mate. There is a legend told by people who have survived being lost at sea a presence referred to as the Guardian, which pushed them to the surface, enabling them to survive until help arrived. That's how it starts, right? That's a oh, what's this about? Is it about sea? Is it about the legend of the sea? Kevin Costner <laughs> gets back in the water, but this time he doesn't grow gills. <laughs> oh man! This time he grows that the, we know of. This time he grows the skills of rescuing people and being the best United States Coast Guard rescuer he can be. Coast Guard, that's exactly. it exactly. But alas, tragedy strikes and he loses his best friend. You can tell Ron L. Brinkenhoff has seen the first half of Men of Honor, <laughs> as this is his idea of borrowing someone else's homework and copying it in your but, own words. But it's also top good, isn't it? <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, top good. Take out the racism and good storyline, and you're left with a new hotshot played by Ashton Kutcher, who has all the natural talent but can't follow the rules. Yeah, it's top good. <laughs> I remember when this movie came out, it was like the t- one of the one of the first reviews I read was like, "It's so, so original." And I was like. <laughs> It's Tom Good. Add in the fact that Costner is now the teacher of the school and it's the same fucking movie. I've got three notes. It's never ending. It's the longest 139 minutes of my life. Bearing in mind it could have ended about three times. The ending, mate, is hilarious. Mm. Can I spoil it? It's pretty shit. So I, what I remember, and that's so weird you said this because I was thinking about this the other day. I was thinking about this the other day in that there's this legend that Kevin Costner's character held on to someone for a silly amount of time. 21 minutes. And it's and it's, it's massive. So he's dangling. He's holding on with one arm. He's yes. holding on to someone else with the other arm. Yes, for 21 minutes. For 21 I mean, minutes, which is absolutely destroyed his shoulder or something. Yes. And every now and again, he just goes, ooh. Yeah. It just rubs Acting, it, mate. He just, rub, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he just rubs a bit of DP on his shoulder. Yeah, it's fine. It's, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he's, he's wounded. Mm. Um yeah, I, and I remember that the other day because I, I was I was at the, I was at the gym and I, I had just <laughs> holding on. For yeah, I was, no, I just I just <laughs> I just done this pull up and I thought I wonder how long I can hold just one arm and and I, it was about ten seconds. I thought yeah, Costa did it for like hours. <laughs> it's so weird that I thought of that. Oh. And you watched it. Um, there's about as much electricity between the cast as there is at an Amish barn dance. <laughs> And my final note, during the climax, I hoped both main characters would die and me. <laughs> so, yeah. And um, 
Ashton Kutcher is in that situation. For spoilers, if you want to watch The Guardian, there's something seriously wrong with you. <laughs> but he holds on to Costner and then Costner's like, nah. <laughs> and he takes his glove off and would rather die <laughs> than be saved by Ashton Kutcher. <laughs> and then they never find the body. And then the film ends in what is, what is I think, is trying to be clever, but it's really not. It's Ashton Kutcher, who does not have a voice for voiceovers. He's just like, hello. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Joe Pasquale doing it. And he says, oh, we never found his body but I found out what happened to him a week later. And then a week later, you see him rescuing someone from the sea and the guy he's rescued goes, where was he? And he goes, who? It's like the guy that was with me. And he was like, there's no one with you. And he went, no, he was with me. He, he was with me all the way. He pulled me up when I was dying. And then Ashton Kutcher reads out, there was a legend told by people implying that Kevin Costner now the fucking ocean. <laughs> and it really pissed me off. So, and you're, you started this by saying he doesn't have gills yeah, in this no, movie. No, it's, it's, it's the spiritual scene now. Mate. He's given up the gills. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone yeah. doesn't know that's a water world joke just got to put it out there there the, is a reason why the guardian came up but i'll tell you about it later the <laughs> that uh that that whole thing is all like about where he's, he'd prefer to be dropped it's like there's no like how, how long is the chopper gonna take 22 minutes no <laughs> you break my record <laughs> i would rather die yeah so um that was that still wasn't the worst film i watched this week oh god what and the hell have you watched well i was trying to find so last week i found the worst film of all time I found it. Mm. Oh, the um, the speed kills. Speed kills. I'm yeah. trying to beat it. I feel like, and I, I don't want to go too much into this because we've got some good stuff coming up. When you have to sit through this crap, um, I'll say Wild Bill because I liked Wild Bill. Home Team, Happy Madison production. Oh, hold on. This is the one with Kevin James. Yeah, yeah. There is a. This is apparently inspired by actual events and tells the story of head coach Sean Payton of the new. Orleans Saints being suspended from his job. During this suspension, he helps coach his estranged son's American football team from no hopers to title contenders. Mm. Apparently this is based on a true story, right? In my notes, Kevin James plays Sean Payton. No matter what he is doing, you see Kevin James in some sort of new Orleans merch because it's the only way you'll fucking believe he's playing Super Bowl winning <laughs> coach Sean Payton. Like seriously, every scene's like, oh, it's a shirt. Who is he again? Oh, he must be Sean Payton. Um, Tyler Lawton plays the original coach who asked Payton to help out. He loses control of the team. And at one point he looks like he's about to take back control, but he sits out the entire movie like a bitch. <laughs> so that nothing happens. And I'll never forgive this film for the next sentence. I feel sorry for Rob Schneider. Rob Schneider plays the estranged son's new stepfather. He is made out to be a loser, a massive vegan, spineless, broken, believing in spirituality. He believes in taking part and not the winning. The exact opposite to Kevin James, who is playing Super Bowl winning coach Sean Payton. <laughs> if you, the problem is this this film is like made thirty years ago. Like they don't. If you had a, if you had a character in your sports film who was vegan, who believed in taking part, he's the hero, yeah. not the fat prick who's like win at all costs. Damn my relationship. Oh, if Kevin James, go throw yourself in front of a tram. Jackie Sandler. I'm not saying she's a bad actor. I'm saying she's so bad at acting that she makes her husband look like Daniel Day-Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> it's nepotism gone wild. She's only, I've researched this. When you click on her on Wikipedia, it takes her to her husband's page because she's only ever appeared in Happy Madison Productions. And yeah. I, I'm not saying she's bad, but she's fucking bad. It's... But that, that Rob Schneider got her into acting, wasn't it? Which oh, was is the it? big thing. Oh, I didn't in, know that. Which meeting Adam Sandler, so oh, which so, maybe justifies why Rob Schneider is in everything Adam Sandler now does. Yeah, as, as a way of payback. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, that's on that's on the Netflix coming up. But I did have also a chance. I, I, I do want to wrap up, so I don't want to talk too much. But I went around to a friend's house and they bought from Amazon 
American underdog, 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 the Kurt Warner story. <laughs> no. So just in time for the NFL masterpiece that will be out in the Super Bowl. This is a 2021 American bio- biography of NFL Hall of Famer Kurt Warner. Hold Kurt- on. Who's asked to George this around? Uh, Shep. Oh, there you go. Kurt Warner was a young prospect who found it hard to get game time in college football and remained undrafted. He took up a job at a supermarket while falling in love with Brenda, an ex-Marine. Eventually, he was picked for an arena football team, did so well that he went on to be drafted into the NFL for the St. Louis Rams, becoming a great quarterback. Zachary Levy stars as Kurt and gives a dignified performance in the title role without overacting or being too comedic because he's very comedic. He's, a, he's quite... He's quite Shazam, isn't he? Yeah, he's quite Shazam. I feel like Shazam was just him. Yeah. <laughs> so he doesn't actually have to act in this. I'll tell you what, though, he's got a great five o'clock stubble. Oh, is he? He pulls it off quite well in this. Um, it was great to see Anna Paquin again, because I haven't seen her in a film since she destroyed one of Marvel's greatest characters of Rogue. But that's not her fault. I blame everyone else. And it might be, hold on to your pants, my friend. Mm. Might be the best performance from Dennis Quaid in quite some time. Oh, no, mate. He no, plays mate. the head coach of the Rams, and while he has very little to do in the film, what he does is very serviceable, <laughs> which is barely a compliment. So I would like to put out my notes. It's a good blend between real-life footage and film, so you see that they quite seamlessly show you historical footage of Kurt Warner throwing the, the pass, and then, you know, it's then uh, Zachary. It's actually a very good story. You know, if half of it's true, because obviously biography mm. takes these different elements and makes them believe in half it's true. It's an amazing story. And do you know what? My last point is fine. It's right. It was, it's, it's not great. It's not yeah. amazing, but it's not bad. It was fine, which was a high point of my week. Do you think American football translates well to uh, the underdog story? It does. Because of that thing that you told me, it lends itself to films quite well. Mm. So you, you, you told me that all American sports is based around the spectator, mm. whereas every other sport that's older is based on like, it's a game of skill or it's a game of this. And so it allows you to add, it naturally lends itself well to um, like stories that we as an audience can like because fucking game of cricket, mate, you ain't never gonna, you ain't never gonna have a film about cricket where it's like, oh my God, it's the last round. Mm. So surely baseball has got to be the one though, isn't it? If there's I, a, I mean, in, in the UK it would be football or soccer. It would, but I don't. You, mm. Track, running, swimming. Yeah, maybe. Boxing's usually a pretty good boxing's one. Boxing's probably boxing the biggest you, grossing yeah. one, isn't it? Yeah, but it was all right. Hmm. I've watched some more films, but you know what? I'm sick of talking. Well, you got to talk some more, yeah. Well, that's for that. I'm saving myself for that bit. Well, let's do that, and then if we're running, if we if we we're not padding out the episode enough, <laughs> then we, we could always come back to another <laughs> we, film. We come back to the show. Well, we could talk about uh, we could talk about the um, cop shop movie with Jared Butler. There you go. Jer- uh, I'm saying it. Jared Butler's best performance. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, made myself chuckle. Do you want to just do it now? No. Save it. <laughs> Gotta give the listeners something to look forward to. <laughs> All right. As we said at the beginning of this episode, we are gonna look at school. We're gonna look at the teachers, the roles, the you know, the people that you would expect to find in a school, and then recast them with uh, our favorite characters or people that we think would fill the roles with uh, dignity, honor. Respect that they deserve. Yeah. Because I love teachers, James. I'm not going to lie. Oh, that's nice. I, I have a lot of admiration for teachers. I think teachers do a, a fantastic job. I think it's a very hard job. I think teachers are one of the only professions in the world where you've got to work before you get to work, work at work, work after work, work on your holidays. It's they not, it, you know, it's a very, very difficult job. I imagine it's very difficult to um, to wind down. Although, don't get me wrong, James, when I'm around my friends, I've got quite a few friends that are teachers. I will jib them for that six-week holiday. <laughs> because it... 
like a moth to a flame, James. I just know it riles them up. So I'll do it because that's who I am. I'm a wind up merchant. Enjoy Christmas. Oh, hang about Easter's around the corner. <laughs> yeah, six weeks on, two weeks off. Is that, is that, <laughs> no, but I, I think teachers are, are amazing. They've got nothing but respect for them. And so this is respect to those that, because also I do find, I do think it's true. I think, I think certain teachers that when I was at school were instrumental in the passions and the loves that I have now. Yes. At the same time, some of my uh, dislikes in life have be- because that passion has been crushed by- By a bad teacher. By bad teachers, yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, stereotypical, but my physics teacher was as bland and boring and looked like the demon headmaster. And I didn't do well in physics. He didn't, it, it wasn't, there was something that brought me to it and made me excited to learn about it, James. I had three English teachers and they inspired me to read and and those books then inspired me to love. So yeah. they inspired me a love of reading, which meant I was happy forever. Mm. You know, if I'm ever bored, sad, read a book. So yeah. when done right, when done mm-hmm. right, I think they can nurture and develop a young person's brain and passion and love and, you know, and discover whole new worlds and, and um, you know, hobbies and interests and, and hopefully careers out of that, mm. um, which is why they should be paid more and they should be invested in and looked after. But unfortunately, every now and again, there are just some terrible ones that really, you know, just put me off. Like my history teacher as well, so bland. My history teacher. Didn't make it fun at all. My history teacher hated me. She actually told me that once. She was like, <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> in a year, because we always got a grade for what you'd achieved in your schoolwork mm. and what effort you put into it. And I swear to God, one year I got an AE. So I did all the work correctly and got a top marks. But my effort was E. I'm not being funny. Mm. I got fucking A. Like, how much How much effort more could I put in, you knob? I remember going, one of my weirdest ones was actually at college. I remember going to like a parents, like a student parent day like event. Yeah. And I went yeah. in. Yeah, sit down with your tutors and everything, and they're like, "What's what subjects are you, are you you know enjoying the most?" And I was like, "I was like uh, sports psychology," and then she was like, "Well, that's the one you're doing the worst in." And I went, "Yeah, it doesn't mean I can't enjoy it." Though. And then my dad was just like, "Oh," and then the teacher was like, "Grow up." <laughs> Do you know what's fucked up as well? Like you're 16, and they're like, "Right, you have to plan for your future now." Like, bear in mind, we don't trust kids to like do fucking anything. It's like you can't drink. You can't drive, but you have to decide your future now. <laughs> it's well, stupid. That, I remember that as well. Like, oh, I, I did question the educational system. Here I am saying, oh, I respect oh, you teachers. Them teachers. But, no, the, but I, there was a lot of that question. Like, I remember, I remember kind of thinking when I was in year 10, like, sure, like, I would much value right now someone teaching me about mortgages and saving, banking. Yes. Stuff that would know, help. That stuff. And here I am making a chocolate upside down cake. <laughs> <laughs> I'm certain it's going to help me with life skills. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah. You know, how many times have you made an lockdown? You know, never since then, James. Oh, okay. Never. I was kind of hoping you'd say more than once because I say you've only got one mortgage. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> I shot myself in the foot with that one. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I remember, um, I remember at uni, being at uni, like I did a sports degree, and you know, I was doing one lesson, you know, in, in sports, and it was like it takes ten thousand hours to uh, to master a skill and, mm-hmm. and to you know, and then. And then 12 weeks later, I'm being graded on my tennis skills. And I'm thinking, well, I haven't put 10,000 hours in it ever. And when the grading is like, like pro gets you a first. I don't understand how that works. Yeah, it's, like, it's, like, like, it's, like, it's like, here's tennis. It was like, but some people aren't, some people aren't built for tennis, but you might be perfect for rugby, for yeah. example. But but it's yeah. like, no, you're shit at tennis. Never put us in the gym where I would have excelled in it. And I remember saying to the teacher then, fucking I am ranting now. But I remember saying to the teacher then, I says, I didn't grow up with tennis lessons. Unlike fucking Terence and Howard over there, you know. Like. Terence and Howard are such tennis <laughs> tennis names. 
Tim? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know. I'm fucked, Dennis. I don't know. At university, I uh, they put the lecture notes online mm. and I travel. I had to go to Nottingham to university. So so when they started putting them online, I thought, well, I then got a full-time job <laughs> and just copied the notes online. They were like, you attended this crap. I was like, yeah, but I'm burning more money. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, but nothing with respect for the yeah, teachers. Nothing respect, yeah. Um, so you can love the teachers and hate the system. The system's that's it. The system, the system James. The system's corrupt. I've picked people personally that would go against the system and you know sort it out. So I suppose there was a couple of ways we could strategically do this. So if you still haven't got it, because I've been rambling, <laughs> we're, we're going to assign you know headmaster, deputy head, form tutor, janitor, dinner ladies, English, math, science, all mm. the top subjects. Yeah. And then who would you cast the character, not the actor, to mm. teach or to have them roles? You could have, I suppose, done this with by actually taking characters that taught them subjects yeah, in, or genres. You could, you could just, them in there. You could have just lifted straight mm. from the world of movies. I've, you could have themed it, you know, and done all villains. Yeah, exactly. You know, so you could have created your own evil mastermind school. I went with people that I think, I've got reasons for every single one of them, you know, and I'm quite, I'm quite proud of them. Um, I either have I've one got. or I have five. Oh, that's right. Well, no, I've got one for most, but then some of them I've got two because despite the fact I came up, I'll tell you about it in a sec. So in no particular order, um, We'll we'll start at the top, you know, with the the head roles, but then when it comes to the subjects, no Mm. order whatsoever. Did you come up with a name for yours? My name and my school? Yeah. I did, yeah. Yeah. Should I go first while you find yours? Yeah, yeah, go on. Mine's called Climax High. Nice. And its motto is, it's all downhill from here. (laughs) (laughs) Are you doing the motto as well? I did the motto as well, yeah. So I was looking at... Purely because the joke works with both of them. (laughs) (laughs) That's the only reason I've done it with it. So I was looking at uh, trying to find inspiration for mine. Oh, yeah. And originally I was going to go, well, all J.K. Rowling did with Hogwarts was take a warthog and just change the syllables around. Ooh. And so naturally I went straight to Peacock and thought cockpee. <laughs> so I thought, no, this podcast is more is more than that. Yes. <laughs> so I went with Poodle. <laughs> <laughs> so my school is called Dull Poo. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. Um so I was looking at Family Guy mm. and they obviously uh, named a school there after someone that was much uh, respected and renowned. And now everyone thinks he's a douchebag, James Woods High. Yeah. So I thought James Corden High School. <laughs> but no, then I thought the better version is the in, uh, what was it called? Um, that animated show, Incredible. Oh, Sky On Night. Amazon. Oh no. Oh, oh the animated the series. Invincibles. Invincible. Yeah. So it, it, we're the original Val Johnson school. Yes. Uh, and I thought, cool. So I went with instead Samuel Jackson Academy. Oh, there you go. So that's what, there's my little theme. Now, when it comes to my Latin motto, I did have Latin as well. For oh, I went Latin, mate. Originally, right. So you need an inspirational quote for your, you know, to sit underneath your badge. Mm. So I went to only one person who's given out the most inspirational quotes. I think of the last hundred years. Is it me? No. <laughs> And, and actually, but you did point me on the direction of how fucking brilliant this person is with some of their quotes. So I've just lifted a load of them and put them in Latin. So the first one is, um, and I'm going to, I've butchered many languages in this <laughs> podcast, but now I'm going to go for Latin, ladies and gentlemen. Um, so, ala quintilis plurae faxi superficien infectum. Right. This sounds like a Harry Potter spell. <laughs> it does. A bit of rain makes the surface wet. Mike Lowen. It is Mike Lowen. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought that's not good enough. So, ut simplex, ut simplex, which is as simple as simple. <laughs> that's it. Do you want know to do a competition with that's the motto? Oh, no, no, there's a better one. There's one. Um, uh, quad cumque 
De La scores Plurus Pros no Pro Pister. <laughs> he who scores the most goals wins. Yeah, whichever team scores the most usually wins. But then I think this is the one. This is the this is the the score model. Uh, score model because I think you could take it out of sport mm. and put it into life. Yeah, and that but- is come non ostala tifix unquam vinceri, which is when you don't score, you hardly ever win. <laughs> Bit of money said that about football. Yeah, it's a funny, you've but got a point though. When you don't score, you hardly ever win. That sounds like a good school motto. I did also add the Latin for if Cinderella's shoe fit perfectly, why did it fall off? <laughs> How? Why? Because it was when I typed in Latin phrases that don't make sense. That was the first one that came up. So no, so instead, when you don't score, you hardly ever win. That's the school motto of Samuel Samuel L. Jackson Academy. If we were going like that, I did have this one. Olim Dixie Kemeral Locus said non irat reactionum. Which is, one time I told a chemistry joke, but there was no reaction. I like it. <laughs> so there you go. <clears throat> right, opening a can. It's a fizzy drink. It's not a beer. Okay. All right. It's allowed. Oh, we're at school, actually. It won't exactly. Be That's what I'm saying. Right, silence, please. Okay. So you go, I've got, I put headmaster first. I've got headmaster as well. Oh, now, you go. I've got, right, now, I'm. this person was a teacher, so they've got the background, they know how to teach. However, I feel like that the films that she was in, she was headmistress, mate, changed that game. So I obviously went with Minerva McGonagall, played by Maggie Smith and Harry Potter, because if she had done it, I got the funny feeling that she wouldn't be like, let's piss about with this 11-year-old, let's go find Voldemort and kick him in the nose. Yeah. I just, I do not understand how Dumbledore still got a job. Because if that was the Muggle Wolf, mate, they're gone, so you use this kid as bait. Yeah, you're probably not going to pass your school check. You are going to jail. Maggie Smith, mate, she'll sort it out in debt. By book three, that series will be over. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking horseshit. Yeah. He just, he's just like, oh, shall we fire Severus Snape, this guy who's doing all this wrong stuff? No, 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 I've got a secret plan. Well, tell me. No, no, no. Yeah, but what happens if you die? And everyone goes against him. No, 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 no. Fucking hell, I was done with as a pillock. Yeah, Dumbledore did have the impression that he was drunk or high for yeah, the whole time, yeah, he's just like, sure, yeah, of course it is. He's like, fucking binned off cocaine, mate. Someone put on Twitter, and it's so rise. Now you're getting the... Uh, the prequels in the Fantastic Beasts and um, Dumble Four. Yeah, in, I know where uh, you're going with it. yeah. At what point was he like, "Fuck it, jammies"? Where's the where's the pajamas? And somehow he ages very rapidly. Then in the yeah. next like 20, 30 yeah, in, years, in like eleven years, mate, he turns from from Jude Law to fucking <laughs> Michael Gambon. Magic you via Richard ma- Harris. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, magic, mate. So I I couldn't really decide on. So I had a few honorable mentions before I did finally come down with who I'm going to have as my headmaster. Mm. Obviously Professor X, but then I thought his track record for keeping schools and, and students alive isn't great. You do, do, can I just say that I originally had him as deputy because deputies always do discipline. And I just thought you couldn't hide anything from him. It's like, who's been blocking the toilets? He'd be like, not me. And he'd just mind read you and go, right. And he could control you. He'd be right fucking off his nut, mate. Yeah. He'd be doing whatever he wanted. Maybe maybe I'll bring him back in. Uh, I did have Dumbledore as an honourable mention, but you mm. talked me out of that. I had President Snow because here we are. <laughs> All right. <laughs> he did keep order, James. <laughs> until he didn't. Until, until, <laughs> until he didn't, which is also why I took off Darth Vader. And I haven't worked this one out yet, but I also put Bruce the Shot from Jaws. Because, <laughs> because you go into the principal's office. No. <laughs> oh, I get that. Yeah, yeah. I get that. But uh, so then I narrowed it down to two. Yoda, but then I remembered what happened to the younglings. Yeah. So <laughs> you fucking find them right after me. <laughs> so he's, he's not in charge of the crash. So I'm going to go with Gandalf. 
Oh yeah, do good, good, acceptable hands. Yeah. Are you going Gandalf the Grey though, or Gandalf the White in the third film when he goes off his like power mad? I'm going Gandalf the White. Yeah, you go yeah. power mad because he, he looks he, he looks like he smells less. Mm. <laughs> and even and, and even if he has that whole I'm here to do a job and then I'll go. Well, you know, maybe the job is yeah. run the school until <laughs> the until <laughs> at least the end of the year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that, yeah. Just on that as well, just on that Yoda thing. Have you seen Boba Fett yet? No, oh, man. I do. It's something that happened last episode. Isn't it? Everyone's oh, talking about it on the, the last internet. two episodes. I mean, which is weird because the last two episodes, Boba Fett's not been in them. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. I'll be honest. I don't like Boba Fett. I much prefer from from what I've heard. I much prefer the Mandalorian or whatever yeah, his the, name the is. The Mandalorian is the Boba Fett we all think Want. Boba Fett was until oh, okay. you rewatch the originals and go like, oh yeah, he's in it for twelve minutes and doesn't do a lot. Boba Fett's a Bitch, I'm but saying he, it. No, Boba Fett has, what's good about Boba Fett is he has a, without showing you it, he has a presence mm. and a backstory and he has this kind of, you know, like he is a bounty hunter, like pro. But then the TV series is doing everything he can to destroy that. And I like the Boba Fett series. I, I do like it. And it's got nods to, it's making everything. Clone Wars look good. That's how good this show is. He's oh. making Clone, not Clone Wars, Attack of the Clones. No, I knew which one you meant. You mean the second yeah, one? Yeah. The one I don't want fucking likes. Yeah. The uh, actual worst one. Yeah. yeah. It's making, it's, it's got callbacks to Phantom Menace. It's got callbacks to Return of the Jedi and all these, like, you know, and it is, it is good. But the, I feel bad for the character because the best two episodes have been the two that haven't got Boba Fett in it and it's <laughs> fucked off back to Mandalorian. <laughs> like, and then, and I'm like, oh God, this is the Star Wars that like all the, all the sequel trilogy stuff that we wanted, mm. which had its high moments and it had low moments, but somehow this Mandalorian character and what, um, Dave Fellini and, um, John, no, no. no, John Favreau, the producers and directors are doing, are killing it. Mm. With Star Wars at the minute, it, watch the Boba Fett show. Makes me worried though for the films though. <clears throat> Maybe because if all the good stuff's coming, you know, there's got to be badness. And that, I I disagree. But I don't think we've had a decent Star Wars film in in decades now. I mean, I did quite like the Last Jedi parts of it. I hated the third one. Yeah, mm. I'm getting to it. Right, deputy headmaster. Deputy head. Right now, I don't know about you, but when I was in school and you used to get in trouble, you had to go see the deputy because the head you never the head never did anything in my school. Mm. I went to a pump school, so I had a deputy, and he was always a dick, and he was always in charge of like getting like doing bullying and stuff like that, and talking to kids about dangers. <clears throat> so hear me out, Batman. <laughs> now I'm not I'm not going I'm not going. <laughs> Have you got Batman as well? <laughs> no, I've got Bane. <laughs> So our schools would definitely be rivals. <laughs> uh, the only reason I got Batman is because he'd be like, oh, he stole my socks. Where are they? <laughs> just just this enhanced interrogation techniques yeah. of, of Batman in a suit. Not Bruce Wayne, though. Batman. So uh, I've got I, Batman, Deputy Headmaster. I was looking to get Batman in my list. Yeah. I, and originally with Deputy, I went with Samwise Gamgee because I mm. thought, well, you need a right man. Yeah. You know, they'll put Mary Poppins because, oh. you know, kids will just take a spoonful of sugar without asking what's in it. That's true. But drug, then I was like, <laughs> but then I was like Bane, because if Bane rocks up, you know, I'm talking about like not the Batman Robin Bane, I'm talking about, talking about the, the Tom the Hardy Bane, one. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like <his> detention. <laughs> what? Yeah. Detention. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> In the Lazarus pit. <laughs> yeah, Bane man, he'd 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 knock a few heads. He'll get it sorted. I can see Bane. I, I love the I love I love what's happening here. We've already got we've already got to ask Gandalf. I've got a wizard. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's happening, mate. Now, form tutor. Yeah. 
I wanted with a form tutor that's a bit spunky that will teach you things that the other people won't teach you. Survival techniques will let you get away with it. So I went with Sarah Connor from Terminator 2. Mate, our list are going to be so similar. I was trying to get Sarah Connor in there oh. somewhere. Oh, I think they do. Oh, okay. I won't, I won't have Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah, you would. Because not a great job with Anakin, obviously. No. Better better with uh, with Luke. Yeah. But Obi-Wan, and it's more because I'm binging the Clone Wars animated show at the moment. Which you'd love. Yeah, it's really good. When it's good, it's great. Mm. When it's not good, it's it's okay. But the highs are definitely worth the highs. And Obi-Wan is like, again, I think we all have this memory of Ewan McGregor in those movies. And it, and when you rewatch them, you're like, ah, it's, n- it's never as good as what I, yeah. in my head, I built up that character to be. But in the anime show, he is every, he is wicked. He's shit up. So, and it is a form shooter because form shooter is like, you know, it's 15, 20 minutes in the morning. They're yeah. your pal. They're not a teacher, teacher. You know, they're my teacher subject. But for the most part, they're the, Set you up for the day. Give you that inspiration. Give you that little pat on the back. You know, yeah. go go get them, Tiger. They're not there to tell you off. They're there to nurture you. Yeah. They're, mate, seriously, if I had a form tutor that showed me how to make, like, mines and shit, I'd have been such a happier kid. Yeah, maybe I should pick Rambo. <laughs> right. Now, I've got a dick move for my janitor mm. because I originally, I tried to keep mine away from different franchises. So, originally, I had Will Hunting because he's a janitor in it, but also because I would put complex math solutions on the board, he would fill them in, and I'd go, great, now go and plug the shit in. Because <laughs> I'd be an absolute arsehole to him. But because I've later maybe have used the character, I went, God, Morgan Freeman, because for the same reason, having the most powerful entity in the world, just be like, yeah, can you put up a shelf now, please, dickhead? <laughs> so, yeah. And also, we know that you can sweep a good floor. Thank you, Bruce Almighty. That's true. So, I went with God as my janitor. So I originally had the Terminator because <laughs> he wouldn't slack. He wouldn't slack. You give him a task, mate, you do it. Yeah. Or yeah. fail. 120 year battery life as well. Oh, yes. So you get value for money with that Terminator. Wouldn't request holiday days. Exactly. Mate. But then I thought, actually, I, I'm going <laughs> to go with Mr. Mayhaggy because <laughs> he'd wax them floors. <laughs> And I'm also, like, at the beginning of that movie, he's a handyman. He is a handyman, yeah. And if there's any bullying going on, he'll smack a kid. <laughs> he, he, won't he won't care about smacking <laughs> a teenager. <laughs> 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 well, you think of janitors, like the famous ones, like you think of Janet from Scrubs, or you think of Willie from from uh, from uh, Simpsons. I would much rather have the the kind of mad <laughs> Scotsman, but I'll settle for Mr. Maggie. Oh. He will shit a kid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Where do you get those dinner ladies? Dinner ladies, right now, this one, because I don't know about you, but I thought Batman, Sarah Connor, God, and McGonagall would be would be like quite like expensive. Mm. So we need to call some money back. So I went the Lost Boys from Hook. (laughs) (laughs) So when hungry kids come in, they just go, "Yeah, imagine it's food, (laughs) mate." Later on, (laughs) later on, we have food tech, and I've got the Lost Boys because they can make food out of thin air. So that's who you want teaching food tech. We're on the same wavelength here. Actually, that would make more sense than my food tech. Who have I even got for food tech? Oh, yeah. Dinner ladies. I I originally was putting together a team. Mm. And I thought, you know, the three from Charlie's Angels, because they ain't going to be making another movie anytime soon. You better, you better make sure Elizabeth Banks doesn't know you talk about that, mate, because she'll be all over you. And then I went, Norm, Norman Bates, because I thought that would be cool. You're like, you know, one of his big roles is delivering food. Yeah, yeah. Minions, Smurfs. <laughs> I, I thought Stormtroopers, but I thought I've already had some Star Wars. So oh. instead, in my canteen, yeah. the dinner ladies, it's just an army of borrowers. Oh, 
nice. Yeah. Yeah. Stealing shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, because you can pay them in crumbs. You can't pay them in crumbs. Or don't pay them anything because well, fuck them. You're not spending any money on food. <laughs> <laughs> oh. English. Fucking it. Right. Now, this is one of these times that, bear in mind, I came up with this list, right? I didn't know if you, if I meant English literature, English language. <laughs> so I've got two. I went, for your vocabulary, V, Hugo Weaving from V for Vendetta, because he's got very loquacious, mm. you know, so he's rattling off words like you won't believe. But then if it's creative writing... I didn't even know there were that many words beginning with V. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Until I watched that movie. But then, uh, keeping it on a V theme as well, for creative writing, Verbal Kent, played by he who shall not be named in... The usual suspects because yeah. he invents a story with no prep based on what's around him. That's very creative. So if you're having a creative writing course, go with that guy. He'll show you. I like it. Mm. Uh, I did the same. I put. Uh, I didn't know if it's English lit or English language, so I went with uh, <laughs> the list that we came up with. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we got. I could have just text you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I put Luan Johnson, which is Michelle Pfeiffer's character from Dangerous Minds. Oh, she's she's a good teacher. Yeah, and then I also put Joe March, uh, Little Women. Good shout. Yeah, yeah. good shout. Yeah, that's very good, that. Sorry, that's very condescending. No, it's all right, because after my first five, you're right. I've actually, I think I've actually got a good one there. Math. Right. So, I don't know about you, but I actually quite liked math. Ah. But the problem is math's teachers. Yeah. It's not their fault. They have to teach you something very rudimentally, very boring. So anyone can get a calculator. Now, I was thinking, what if there was someone out there that was a human calculator? What if someone had to do math very quickly on the fly that, you know, saved the human race? So I went with... What about Catherine Gobble Johnson from Hidden Figures, played by Taji P. Henson, who who has to reorganise a shuttle re-entry, mate, whilst it's happening? She's mm. got nothing but a mind and an abacus. I still don't... I actually genuinely, true story, don't know how you use an abacus. Well, I know the basics of what it does, yeah, but... But I don't... You, they can use them in a very complex way. Yeah, I, I don't get Don't get me wrong, I couldn't land a shit with it. <laughs> I couldn't... Coward. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'll give it a go. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so uh, you know, if she can do that, I'm fairly certain she can teach me Pythagoras theory. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, because that's coming really in handy in later life. I mean, yeah. uh, if I didn't learn what that was, do you know what? The only time it came up, the only time it ever comes up is when, and I know you've been in there. You're looking. It's not. It's not Pythagoras theorem, but it's like I can't remember what it's called. One of them. But you need to work out how much money you've got, like in your account and what you've got. But it doesn't matter because even if you've worked out you'll be twenty pound less, you still buy the fucking thing. <laughs> so True. you just go, fuck it, it's future James's problem. Uh I went with Dr. Ian Malcolm. Oh Jurassic Park, because he was he, he was the mathematician he of was. the group. And also, if dinosaurs attack, boom. This <laughs> is gonna happen a lot in yours. Don't I, know. You don't know what's around the corner, James. I still think I would love. I would love if you were going back a few weeks, we were talking about underappreciated areas. And I said, I genuinely want to be, I want to film where the people like, like well, we're going to do another Jurassic Park. And there's just a bloke in the back who is like, but no. <laughs> <laughs> just how many times do we have to do this? <laughs> Fucking dicks. I'd love mm. that. Underappreciated hero. Right. What you got for science? science. Right. Now. <sighs> so I've broken this down into biology, chemistry, and physics. No, I only did the two but I figure between them, they'd be able to do it because science is a wonderful thing where we're always preaching, you know, people have a tendency to go wide. You know, we need someone to ground them in a reality. So I went, Julian Anderson's most favourite character, Dana Scully from the X-Files films, because mm. she'd bring it grounded. However, at the same time, science is a magical thing where anything could happen. Now, you know, everyone might go, you know, back to the future. He might have done No, I went with someone who had less in there. They didn't even have a DeLorean, mate. They had less and somehow created something even more magical. I went Wayne Solansky, played by Rick Moranis, in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Because if he did that at home, imagine what he could do in a really shit laboratory. 
It's true. That's amazing, mate. What could he do? Mm. Those two together, mate, out of the best... Well, probably compared to... I, I do think there's a... there's a In the world of multiverses and crossovers, I do have a... I do think Rick Moranis' character from Honey, I Shrunk the Kids should sh- somehow fall into the Ant-Man universe. Yes, that would be cool. In a weird crossover that he was somehow... Who was the guy in that one? It was... Um, I've forgotten the bloody guy's name. Like the older actor, yeah, Michael, Michael Douglas. Douglas. Yeah, like he was Michael. Like Michael Douglas was like his brother, and he stole the technology <laughs> off Rick Moranis. Oh, he was him, and he aged. Ooh, yeah. Um, some writing decent Marvel films. I went Dot Brown, obvious choice Obviously. for me physics. Um, Spock for biology. Oh, he was a science officer. He was, mate. I'm very proud when you remember stuff like that. Thank you, thank you. And uh, for the other one, chemistry, I put. I was going Peter Venkman as my favourite Ghostbuster, mm. but then I just went with all the Ghostbusters. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Easier to work with as well. Yeah. 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 Peter Venkman comes back in one of my, one of those choices I wish I could retake back. <laughs> so, there you go. IT. <clears throat> I needed to do it. I needed to get her in here. And also, because I'm desperate to try to find this film. So if you've got a copy of this film, please let me know. I want to see it. Angela Bennett. You don't know that name, but she was played by Sandra Bullock in the film The Net, mm. which got the internet so right, but so wrong at the same time. What a great, bad film that is. The Net. If I wanted my school to be prestigious and yeah. people to actually learn and go on to great things, mm. I would want Shuri, Letitia Wright from yes. Black Panther. Yeah, but that's not what we picked. That's not what I picked. No. If I want my school to be a place where people don't know what's around the corner, mm. dinosaurs might attack. Yeah. You know, you need a security system. I was tossing and turning between Skynet and Hal. I was really going to put Skynet as well. <laughs> then I was going to put Boris from Goldeneye. I oh, don't know why. Good shout. I'm, I'm settling with Elizabeth Slander. Yeah, good. From Girl Drank Tattoo. What I love about my choice is that she exists in the world of dial-up and that's the internet speed I'd have. Because <laughs> fuck them. They don't get fed. They don't get the internet. Just that's, Fair. I hate my kids. That should be your motto for your school. <laughs> get fucked. Um, I don't know about your geography. We must have the same for this. Because he was a trendsetter, mate. He went all over the world. Indiana Jones. Yeah, Indiana there Jones. It's got to be, on it? Mate, and also I want one of them who could potentially bang the students. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's not, that doesn't age well at all, does it? Just like, I love you. And he's just up there, he's like, he's so taken back by it. He's like, oh my God. <laughs> Hold on, you had, he should not be named, didn't you? Yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> that's awkward. Thanks, mate. <laughs> History. History. I use logic here. I kind of hope that we've again got the same thing. Who better to teach history than someone who's lived it? Oh, we're on the same track. Is your guy a Frenchman playing a Scotsman? Russell Nash. (laughs) AKA the Highlander. Yeah, that's the one, Yeah, it is. In hindsight, I wish... No, do you know what? No, that's perfect. Because I've just... He'd be a terrible teacher. So, we've both had the same... Uh, geography and geography history, and history. Mm. next is PE physical activity no, physical. I know we have, I, have we, we have, got the same for this definitely one haven't got the right uh, one you're on the same wavelength for because this. you're going to be angry with mine okay in my school I've got pool have you and posh and that person <laughs> we need to, we've got this money from all this food that we're not fine well uh, is it Kevin Costner <laughs> <laughs> has he got gills yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because I was looking at it I was like he can swim really well but also he's 
for no reason. It's not like he's got gills for his muscles, like because then he does a lot of acrobatics and stuff. Which I was thinking, there's no protein in Warworld, so how is he able to like have the energy? They're not just sit there and slowly die. So I was thinking, he must be, he must have some sort of routine in a world without land. So he must be pretty good. So um, yeah, that's I've gone with the Mariner, which I didn't realize he didn't have a name in Warworld, and they went with that. Yeah, so I that's who my PE teacher is. What I get about Waterworld is, right, if he's got gills and he can breathe underwater, well, why ever come up for it? Why? Because there's guns up here, James. Because, because he gets lonely down there. Bullshit. Well, what if he got so lonely he tried to fuck a fish? And then he realised... That's how we got Aquaman. <laughs> just, maybe he caught himself, like, look in a bubble. He was just like, I've sunk too low. <laughs> he was like, no, I need to go make some human connections, which then doesn't explain why he treats all the humans like arseholes. <laughs> And all the things you could bring up from like Earth's surface with, you know, yeah, dirt, it's like, yeah. it's dirt. Don't bring up like fucking Starbucks coffee or out. You know what I mean? What a jerk. I'd point out though, that is like the, like the digital currency. Cause everyone's like doing the coins. He's like, I've got, I've got mud. And I'm like, fuck <laughs> me. It's like one mud. It's, it's worth all the coins. Everyone's there in like, it's like Bitcoin. Kind of, everyone's there in their like rags and everything. You just look across Kev Costa's just got some Nikes on. Oh, what? <laughs> Where'd you get them from? Don't know. Made him, mate. <laughs> yeah. Made him out of kelp. <laughs> so who did you work for PA? Did you go to Punisher by any chance? No. Oh, okay. Detective John Kimball, kindergarten cop. Because <laughs> he's got the teaching experience and he's got the gym experience, let's be honest. Do you remember when I was supposed to get, went undercover? <laughs> seen that film recently he starts it by blowing people like I, you have to think that's a pg film yeah. there's fucking so much blood in it yeah yeah and well the original cut as well didn't he, he shot a guy up in the shower at the end of fucking that movie hell. i don't know if it still happens but it's been a long time since i've seen it but there's no need for that level of violence and they, they i think i've certainly seen a version where they've cut it all out and it's pg mm. oh possibly then maybe but he does a drug bust at the beginning and yeah. he shoots up the villain at the end of the movie and they, there's like heroin addicts and everything it's like it's like oh welcome to this pg film kids yeah Oh, who's your daddy and what does he do? Fuck's sake, Fry T should have picked it. I should have picked the guy from Simple Lies, Just Lies. Just Truth, Truth, Truth Lies. True, True lies. lies. There you go. Oh. Art. I'm not that proud of this. I wanted a different one, but then the words, it's vaginal, <laughs> stuck into my <laughs> head. So I went with Maud Lebowski, Julianne Moore from The Big Lebowski. Because <clears throat> if I want my kids to learn how to paint, I want them strapped to apparatus <laughs> in the ceilings. Because. Apparently, I really hate She was children. three months pregnant during that, that. I've heard that recently. Yeah. yeah, that's mental. So, yeah. So, I want someone that's going to be a bit different because originally I had, I had Frida um, from the film Frida because, I, but that was like, that's a cop out. <laughs> it's genuinely a cop out. So, there you go. Oh, a Wonder Woman. Oh. Because she worked at the Louvre. Oh, that's a good point, actually. That's a very good point. Skills, mate. Good people skills. Yeah. Um, Ari, this is a difficult one. Oh, yeah. I've got a good one for this. I might have the same. I, don't, I doubt it. Okay. <laughs> when I say good, I mean. <laughs> well, my RE teacher knows her Bible. So she thumps it out at any and opportunity. There's more than one religion, mate. There, There is. <clears throat> you go for Carrie White's mum. Who's Carrie White? Carrie from the oh, movie Carrie. Carrie. No, no, I went with someone much worse. Um, went with Miss Comody, played by Marsha Gay Hayden in the film The Mist. Oh, yeah. Yeah, purely because I know there's other religions but she wouldn't teach them. <laughs> so, so that's, <laughs> so that's why I went with it. Also, I don't, I, I hate you, RE. Not because, genuinely, not because of what you learned, but because the RE teacher might have been the most boring. Let me, right. I love teachers out there, respect them over, but, but if you're a teacher that teaches RE, even you don't care. <laughs> Just like, think of an RE teacher that actually inspires you. Exactly. 
I, I did mind my RE teachers. They were the husband and wife, the two ones at the school I went to. Oh, okay. Mr. and Mrs. Crosby. I think we only had one for the entire school because that's how... Right, and also, you know when you get past GCSEs, does anyone pick RE? No. <laughs> Thank you. Dangerous topic there, James. I got an A in RE. I think I got an A in RE, but it's not... Yeah. Usually, like, you have to remember the four pillars of... Five pillars of Islam? I think I got a five. I, I, got an, I think I got an A. It's definitely a B or an A. It's one of, the, one of the surprising ones I got. Yeah, I never liked RE. John Constantine. Oh, that's a good choice, that is. Yeah. That's very good. Should, he knows. Should have picked, like, the devil from The Exorcist. I think you'd get a biased class there, then, wouldn't you? If you're not saying, I don't get... Now, this is one I'm not happy about. Drama. Oh, my drama is... Oh, I put, I've slipped drama in here. So, do you want to do drama here? I'll do drama, yeah. Um, so, I wanted someone that can embody the role. Someone yeah. who's great, a chameleon, if you will. Mm. who can change their appearance as well as their acting skills. Mm. So I went to the world of comic books and obviously went with Mystique. However, I've gone with the Rebecca Romagin interpretation because she's better. I think she just does a better job than Jennifer Lawrence. And that's not taking anything away from Jennifer Jennifer Lawrence doesn't get the, doesn't get the opportunity to do better. Mm. That's the thing, isn't it? So I went with Mystique because also I'd save a lot on, you know, costumes and stuff because she mm. could just change. Mate, seriously, I genuinely have like bottom line, like an actual <laughs> cost cutting measure in mind. I've I've bent the rules a little bit here with this one. <clears throat> I've taken so this is drama. Mm. Now I've I've infused two things together to create my drama teacher. Okay. It's James McAvoy from Split. Okay. But all the personalities are Nicolas Cage characters. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's all just have a moment with that thought. Mate, why isn't there that why isn't that film? Exactly. <laughs> Although maybe we're getting that soon in that one where he plays his old characters. Yeah, but that, I don't think that movie's going to come out to what we all dreamed it would be. <sighs> no. It's, it's not going to be Pig, is it? It's not going to be <laughs> Or Mandy. But um, no, yeah, so it's James McAvoy, but he can only do Nicolas Cage characters. That's brilliant. That, I, I think, stroke of genius, that. I think stroke of genius. I would sign up for that class, mate. I think you could teach that university, a prestigious one. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm sold. Good. What have you got next? Uh, sex Ed. Yeah, I'm not happy about this one. Uh-oh. <laughs> Purely because I have thought, who would make it fun? Also a bit weird. It's not your mum, is it? <laughs> that would make more sense. It's Peter Venkman. From that Ghostbusters. Because he got a science background, so he understands it. But then the first time you meet him, he's trying to be a student. So I was like, yeah, yeah. I'm not happy about that. Him and Indiana Jones, I imagine I'm going to get a lot of complaints about. But luckily, Batman's on the case. So it'll be fine. Yeah, if Batman was your HR, you should yeah, be all right. there you go. So, uh, yeah. I'm, not, I'm, I'm still not happy about that. Leaves a taste. I've gone with, and I might have taken this a bit too literal. I went with Vivian Ward, Julia Roberts from Pretty Woman. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense, right? Yeah, it's just, yeah, every time you mention it, I always have to remember there's a Disney film. Yeah. <laughs> but that's that's Pretty Woman too. Yeah. It's like she needs a job now. Go teach sex ed, you former prostitute to kids. Remember that? Right, Dis- Disney Green lit that before Pocahontas, right? <gasps> I would love that. I'm quite proud of if you've gone electronics next, because I think it's only between two people. Yeah, I've got two. I've got Jonah Hobbs. <laughs> oh shit, that's a great call. <laughs> that is a great call. So it's either Jonah Hobbs, because um, obviously he can make anything work. So we just got to because if there's someone <laughs> yeah, that's that's just downloaded this episode, they don't know this. Jonah Hobbs is a reoccurring joke on this. It's from the movie Hobbs and Shaw. 
where Hobbs and Shaw, uh, The Rock and uh, Jason Statham come across a device that no one has seen on the planet. Yeah, Idris Elba invented it. Yeah. It's the only one who's ever seen it. So they take it to a Samoan <laughs> island where a person who literally doesn't have a driveway. <laughs> like, and, and just spends his time doing Noz, mate. Yeah. <laughs> putting Noz. Putting Noz in vehicles that don't need it. He's, he's, he somehow is the only engineer and it is the worst, the yeah. worst... Um, <laughs> plot device to get them over to this island for yeah. the rock to take his shirt off and for him to be like we don't need guns for this final <laughs> scene we'll use clubs <laughs> and like I love yeah. that he's proud of his heritage yeah. yeah but that is I was remembering the cinema just going what <laughs> and then it transitions somehow back to Noz vehicles I love them um, you've always forgotten this the reason why they use clubs is because they put damp in the field which means guns don't shoot <laughs> do you not remember that dickhead I think it makes the bullets too big in the gun Anyway. I, I mean, I wanted to forget it, I think, is what happened. <laughs> but then second, I thought, I've got low budget, so I need a teacher who's going to be able to do a lot with very little. So I thought, who's done the most with electronics with very little? And you can't go further than the North Pole when Blaine decided to make himself a fucking aircraft for space out of rope. <laughs> Mate. I, I was the same. I, I nearly put Blaine. Then I, then I swapped for Gromit because he made a spaceship. Oh, that's true. That's a good shout. <laughs> he made a spaceship in his fucking basement. <laughs> but, yeah, good shout. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I see that. Yeah. I, and yeah, Netflix are making a new Wallace and Gromit movie. I did hear that. I did want to bring up. I, hasn't the original voice actor died? Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's a shame. But still, I'll still watch it. Still watch it. Yeah. It's still Nick Park animation. So, um, no, Electronics, Optimus Prime. Oh, because if he can, it, well, if, <laughs> just be like, look at me. <laughs> well, yeah, but you know, but then I went ET because that little guy. Let's be honest, he made a Do phone you know out. Fuck all. Seriously, you you like Wallace from Wallace and Gromit? You got ET, and you got fucking Jonah Robs and Blaine, mate. You literally could do anything you wanted. Exactly, <laughs> you could do anything. <laughs> they could build anything, James. <sighs> this school's awesome. This, uh, oh, you know what? Nice. But also, I, I really hope that when they go to the workshop, there's just a sign saying, uh, please knock, doorbell broken. Because <laughs> I, I, that used to make me laugh all the time. I used to, where my dad lives, there's a little DIY shop, kind of like two streets away. And they had a sign on the door saying, uh, repairs, we can fix anything. And Not then underneath it, it says, please knock, doorbell broken. <laughs> and it made me laugh because that was up for about two years. Oh. Woodwork. No, uh, have you done psychology? I have done psychology. Let's do psychology teacher. I, I went quite basic, quite simple with this one because I, I wanted to get Robin Williams in here. So Dr. Sean Maguire from Goodwill Hunting, Robin Williams, because he cares. And also I want Robin Williams in my school. Almost the exact same Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> You're, I think we should swap <laughs> because because I think Hannibal Lecter will get on quite well in my my sex fuel dungeon. <laughs> 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 Animal Lexi, because there's always the fear that he might eat you. Yeah. If you, don't, if you hand your homework in late. Mate, I just pointed out, yeah, fucking straight ace, because you would not be like, see me after class, get fucked. Yeah. And, you know, all right, I'm not going to tarnish him from his cannibalism. You know, mm. like he, he in the Max, Max Mads Mikkelsen show, he was a pretty good yeah. psychologist. Even Anthony Hopkins pulled off a couple of psychology scenes. You've got a feel though. That maybe that, that Gandalf would be keeping alive. <laughs> Gandalf would just be like, You're right. Yeah. <laughs> Spending an awful lot of time with that student. Yeah. <laughs> just, I saw you hanging out in the food tech room. Yeah. <laughs> Bit worried. <laughs> I'm concerned. Why? Well, Dave had two arms two days ago. <laughs> um, yeah. Woodwork. I do. You know Sometimes I'm proud of myself because mm. I could have had so many people. But what if a character was so involved in their woodwork? 
that their nickname on the street, despite the fact they were a mob boss, was the carpenter. Oh, is this uh, Christopher Eccleston? Yeah. Raymond Coltrini, the carpenter, got in God 60 seconds. He'll bust you up, mate. He won't take no shit, but good chair. I, just, I really hope Christopher Eccleston was like, look, I'm going to just get, let go with this. I'm also a carpenter. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think is his idea? Because in this car movie, because you need a contrast, you need Nicolas Cage driving around in these vehicles that are like cutting edge technology, moving parts, yeah. you know, metal. And you need, your villain needs to be the opposite of that. Needs to be working with his hands with wood. Do you know what? In hindsight though, I think in an alternative reality, there's a better film. It's basically Shakespeare. Where, where Christopher Eccleston is obsessed with moving parts. And he's like, you've got to steal 50 chairs. Like <laughs> 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 all these antique chairs. Mate, remake it. Because that would be fucking epic. Gone in, gone in 60 minutes. <laughs> it's, it's just Nicholas Cage and Angelina Jolie just stealing antique chairs. That is wicked, isn't it? That's, I would, do you know what? I'd much rather watch that. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> what about your woodwork? I went with... Uh, I've got fucking tears. No, there's, a, there's a caveat. There's a caveat to mine. You don't work December. <laughs> that, that's class. <laughs> So you oh, gotta get a, you gotta get a substitute in. So Klaus, obviously uh, Saint Nick, from well, Netflix. Teachers get get some of December. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> oh, fashion. Not proud of this one. I'm quite proud of this, but because I think that this gentleman came in for another job, and I saw how they were dressed, and I went, "Do you know what, Yah, Yaha Abdul Mateen the Second slash Lawrence Fishburne? I like your style, Morpheus. Yes, because he made that. Mm. He's he's so cool." Not even trying, mate. It's almost, I mean, I, I thought you were going to say Watchmen because in that he's pretty much naked throughout the whole thing. No, 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 no. You would. No, okay. You would remember, James. <laughs> so, because um, it's blue. So, I'm with Morpheus because he's always stylish. Even when he's getting the shit kicked out of him by computer programs, still wearing a silk shirt, mate. Yeah. Still, yeah. even at his lowest, mate, he's still top notch. And the only decent thing about The Matrix, I actually can't remember, Resurrections, was Morpheus and his suits. Mm. Excuse me, sorry. So, for my fashion, not, not proud of this. <laughs> yeah, you are. <laughs> a little bit. Buffalo Bill. <laughs> I don't think your school's going to pass an inspection, mate. <laughs> I'm not saying it's got a great Ofcom rating. No, um, I was going to go Buffalo Bill. That was going to go Cruella Deville, but the uh, Emma Stone, mm. you know, before she gets into coin up dogs. <laughs> Can we just have a minute and just be like, why are we on her side? Because we know that later she wants to skin 101 Dalmatians. Yeah, well, this is Disney, isn't it? Going back in, uh, changing all their villains so they're not as villainous. Yeah, but you can't get more villainous than skinny dogs. Skinny dogs. <laughs> I don't know, Darth Vader's pretty fucked up, isn't he? <laughs> right. Because I, I still think more fucked up though if he came out in a kid suit. <laughs> I, 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 I still think this. I, I still. Yeah. <laughs> cool. cool. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I still think um, yeah it comes out in a bamfer fucking like, yeah. yeah I'm just saying though that when that kid's like master sky well, I'm like I'm on I'm on Vader's side just fucking do it what a well, terrible actor this is the thing because I think in the Ahsoka series or in the Obi-Wan series that they're about mm-hmm. to do they will show I think I've said this before they will show a flashback where Anakin doesn't kill the younglings I, I respect him less <laughs> The reason why I think that yeah, is because you can't get you can't come because, back from that. You can't be a force ghost at the end of Return of the Jedi, which I know is post like the originals and mm. everything, and Lucas put him in in post. But you can't just go, I'm sorry, and like it would be pretty epic. Not if, even kill the Palpatine. It would be pretty epic if they added a line where Yoda goes, "Didn't you kill all them kids?" and then he disappears, <laughs> 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 just, just, just slowly well, fades away. And this isn't a spoiler because oh, if you haven't seen Boba Fett, just don't listen for thirty seconds. Three. Two, one. 
there is a flashback scene in in the latest episode of Bo- of the Boba Fett series mm. where you see stormtroopers shooting up, and it looks like they're shooting the room. Ah, so I think they're going to go ahead and change canon. I think they're going to change it so that Anakin doesn't do it, Coward. and the stormtroopers go in and do it instead. Cowards, Mike, absolute cowards. Um, but I settled on for fashion. There is one. There is only one for for my eyes, and that is Cena, which was Lady Kravitz in the Hunger Games. Oh yeah, I, yes, yeah. Oh, that makes perfect because sense. he's beautiful as well. He is, and also starts a rebellion with his dresses. Yeah, no, not, not everyone can say that. I see. It. I bit my tongue when I said dresses, in case you're wondering why I said it. For I me. mean, I suppose Cruella de Vil did as well in the Emma Stone version, but yeah, yeah. But again, again, just skin dogs. That's <laughs> what she'll always be famous for. I never thought I'd say skin dogs as much in this episode. Right now, what are we on? Food tech. I've got food tech. Yeah. Right now, bearing in mind, I am saving money. Right. Here we go. I'm saving money. For food tech, I will have to give them something to learn. But I don't want them to learn too much and also I want to terrify kids. So I'm going to bring in a rat. <laughs> I'm going to get rats to do it to teach them all. Because His name was Remy because he's on my list, James. Remy. Uh, the reason I've done that is because instead of paying him, one of the children can take him home and look after him. <laughs> and then bring him back. And it's the only time a t- t- teacher will be able to go home with one of the students. <laughs> So <laughs> makes his fucking gourmet like goulash. It's a like, bit cheese, <laughs> patronising. No son, but the goulash. I would have also accepted uh, Colette, who's played by Jimmy in the same film. She does all the fucking work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I had the Lost Boys from Hawk because, like, say at the beginning of this, um, they they literally make food from thin air. Yeah. So that's who you want as your food tech teacher. Then I did put Remy from Ratatouille. But I'm going to, because anytime I can plug this film, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go with Carl Casper, which was John Favreau in the movie Chef. Mm. You're a big fan. I, I was a big movie, a fan of that movie and that movie made me hungry watching it. Mm. it I just, the food is on that. The nice, food is great in it. Yeah. I've uh, I've impressed even myself with it. What, song. politics? Yeah. Go on then. I think we might have the same one, but starting with nothing and then being emperor of everything. Surely you want to learn politics from Senator Palpatine. Yeah. <laughs> Surely. <laughs> like, like you can say all these other characters, but fuck off, he starts with nothing and then randomly goes, do you know what, I'm going to take over the universe. And he does, yeah. to be fair. Power and even, play, mate. Yeah, and even death doesn't stop him. <laughs> so, And what no one does in that movie is like, you look eerily like that yeah, villain. Put your hood up. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. Just, just for a second. Or the bit where he admits it and they're all like, eh? <laughs> We'll send one guy. Yeah, since you go back to that as well, I think I think Mace Windu's coming back. Yeah, I've got a feeling he's gonna. Won't make much sense though. Let let's see a body go. just went out of a window. You're fucking tall one. <laughs> <laughs> Parachute, mate. He caught with his arm. <laughs> Used it to paraslide. Right. Business. Yeah. Business studies, mate. You need you need three things. You need someone who knows how. It works. Someone who's got crazy ideas and still somehow makes them work. And they have to be bold. I don't think there's any more businessman than Lex Luthor, played by Gene Hackman in Superman, because he wants to take out an alien and somehow still has lots of money. Also, he's motivated to do do all of this because Superman made him bold once. <laughs> yeah, that's always weird, isn't it? Yeah, it is They're weird. never going to put that in the movie. <laughs> no. So I want Gene Hackman. When Lex, Lex Luthor. Luthor. Do you know what? I was almost like, they haven't done Lex Luthor in the new one. I remember it's Jesse Eisenberg. It is, and now yeah. I remember why I forgot. And he shaves his head at the end. Ooh. So, character me, development. Very much like Palpatine, I need someone who's gone from nothing to build an empire mm. in my school. <laughs> Tony Montana, Scarface. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Bring your pet to work today, fucking tiger on cocaine. Yeah. Mate, I'd love that. 
Languages, I did have two. Mm. I did have a C-3PO originally. Clever, clever. But, but I've always used a Star Wars and I, I limit myself. So then I went with, <laughs> who do I know that doesn't take shit from anyone, mm. is borderline psychotic, but speaks a lot of languages. They're Jason Bourne. <laughs> so he happens to speak German. French, Russian, Dutch, Spanish, Swedish, and English. So fuck it, put him in a lab, put him with irritating teenagers, and you won't have as many kids at the end of the day. Like it, this theory there, mm. as with mine, Louise Banks, Ooh. Amy Adams' arrival, because she She's communicates yeah. with an alien James. So you, she could talk to, you think. She could talk she to 12-year-olds. Oh, yeah. Okay, so last uh, one is music. I want my school to be famous for music, mate. I want my school to be the destination for music. I want a perfectionist. I want someone who's going to be taller and what I mean by taller, more powerful. Than, you know, I've got my Batman and stuff, but I want someone who's going to break their spirit. And I want someone who's going to break their children. Has <laughs> wrote a song called Caravan? Yeah. Terrence? <gasps> Fletcher? Yeah, I'm going to say. Go. J.K. Simmons? Yes. Is that without a Jerry Finn, which is School of Rock? No. Nah. Fucking fuck he'd kill him. We're not in primary school. We're the it's big like, boys here. Like, like, imagine if they went for the same job interview. You'd be like, right, I'll be back in a minute. You come back and one of them would be dead. <laughs> Just like he spoke to me and he irritated me. Oh, come on. It's J.K. Simmons and Whiplash. Perfectionist. A great teacher. This is where he gets awkward because he is technically a great teacher. Maybe not the smartest choice. <laughs> Just, you'd... And what I'm saying is if there was an inspection coming, you'd hide him. Mm. <laughs> you'd be like, oh, he's off today. He's at the dentist. <laughs> However, we've got this charming fellow stepping in for him. But, you know. <laughs> the substitute is Tony Montana. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, less dangerous, though. Oh, Cool. We went to school, mate. So some honourable mentions that didn't make the list. Uh, Mr. Ratburn, which is the teacher in the cartoon, Arthur. <laughs> what, very what, proud of yourself right now, aren't you? What will I... Uh, professor Julius Kelp, which is the new professor. Oh, okay. Miss Honey, obviously Matilda. Mm. Remus Lupin, I thought would have made the list somewhere. Maybe, but I can't. I actually, I don't want physical fans. I want the threat of physical fans. <laughs> and for anyone who wants to know some actual trivia uh, and learn something from this episode, there are some actors uh, and people in cinema at the moment that were actually uh, teachers before they transitioned to the big screens. Ooh. So Lynn manuel Miranda taught English. Ooh. Gabriel Burns taught uh, Spanish and history. That's cool. John Hamm taught drama. He looks like a drama teacher, doesn't he? It's that chisel yeah. cheek. Yeah. Um, Stephen King was obviously a teacher in Maine, wrote Carrie, first book, see it. <laughs> 54 <laughs> <Get> books. <fucked. laughs> 54 books later, he's like, teach what? what? <laughs> um, Billy Crystal was a substitute teacher. Oh, that's so he did cool. that on the side of make money while he was doing improv. That's nice, that is. I think he'd be a good substitute teacher. Mr. T and Sylvester Sloan both taught Jim, as did Hugh Jackman. I can see it for two of them. Yeah, Hugh Jackman <laughs> taught in England for five years. Oh, did he? No. Oh. And finally, <laughs> and this is so, so on point, it's true. Liam Neeson was a teacher, but he quit after punching a kid. <laughs> Now, I had to resist from writing Kosher Kid. <laughs> but yeah, he taught in Newcastle while he was at university and he punched a kid and then went this in for me. <laughs> He's not for the kid, apparently. Does that surprise you? No, no. <laughs> oh, no. So actually, the worst choice would have been as a human, not as a character, but as a human. Yeah, I was going to have him as my booby trap. 
if anyone of us picked him in any of his carnations, he'd be mm. like, no, because he punches people. But then again, I did have Hannibal Lecter and he eats people. <laughs> um, yeah, that was fun. I like that. Do you know what? Sometimes the episodes which aren't necessarily like around films, but more playful like this mm. often are the most enjoyable. Mm. And that was actually, when you text me saying we should do a school, I, I, I was like, how is it taking 182 episodes to do this? Because that's actually a really good idea. Well, don't worry, there's all the institutions out there. We'll have banking next. Military. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. It's but another... what's great is we would love to hear your schools. You don't have to do the whole mm. lot. Just pick like, I oh, know, five is up to you. Yeah. Maybe who do you, you wish taught you your least favourite subjects? Oh, that would be cool, yeah. That would be cool, you know. I got. I still think my school would. Did you know what? Actually, I think at the beginning, my school would have taken yours in a rivalry. Do you think? But if they were towards, varsity, if they but were. Toward, but towards the end, you were you were hitting back. I think it would all come down to probably Batman. <laughs> just to see what kind of mood he's in that day. I've got Gandalf. Man. Be you careful. have got Gandalf, but I've got. You know what, right, you start of a rivalry. It's begun. No, we. I, I, it was good show all around. Good show all around. Let's not spoil it with uh, taking chunks out of each other. It's one hour thirty. Do you want to do cop shop? You can do. I, you're gonna have to. You're gonna have to do the notes because I've forgotten them. I genuinely have forgotten. I genuinely forgot I watched that film. I texted you saying watch this film, and then afterwards, I forgot I watched it. You text me saying it is like the greatest film you've ever seen. That's not true, though, is it? That's not true. You're, you're, I said. I said it's Gerald Buller's best performance because I really wanted you to watch it. <laughs> you, you, you was on. You was on a Frank Grillo high. We're on a Frank Grillo high. That is true. That's true. There's a movie by Joe Carnahan who did Boss Level, mm. um, which we praised with Frank Grillo in it. Frank Grillo does star in this, as does Gerald Butler and Alexis Lauder. Um, it's also got. Uh, Toby Huss in it, who I'm going to come back to in a few moments. So premise of this is, is really simple. So it's a good lockdown movie. This it's one of those that I imagine if they shot it, cause it's again, a small cast kind of close set. Um, it is centered around Frank Grillo's character. who's on the run. He's kind of like this suave gangster looking type who is, uh, ran off the road early on. So we are, um, in the arsehole of nowhere. They're not in a city. They're in a kind of like run beat town. Um, he's running away from someone or something. We don't know. He's running, running, running. And then he punches a cop at the first opportunity to get sent to prison. And then we, the camera turns around and he realizes he was being stalked or chased by someone or something. And he wants to go in prison where he thinks he's going to be safer. Mm. Next insert, Joe Butler, who's a professional hitman who may be after Frank Grillo. And then when uh who's in a, a cell opposite he pretends to be drunk yeah so and then and then it's simply applied he might not be as drunk as you think and then insert toby huss who is a psychopath and it turns out there is a rather large bounty on frank grillo's head mm. um just let, that man bun mate <laughs> just fucking get rid of that man bun and alexis louder plays valerie young who's the uh the cop that we follow mm. um, and that we root for throughout the whole thing so it's predominantly told in a kind of sleepy town cop station with the cells um like i said one being occupied by joe but the one being occupied by uh, frank grillo and then um the, the arrival kind of by the beginning of the second act of Toby Huss as a psychopath mm. uh, all coming to claim the head of Frank Grillo. Do you know what? The end is is all over the place. Yeah. Like you take away the, there's, there's certain things at the beginning of the movie that I'm like, fuck, that's going to come back later. You know, like, oh God, they just said this so they talked about that. Or, Look, the camera's lingered on that thing for so long. Right, that's going to be how the film ends. But the, the scenes, I must admit, the scenes where and you'll get this from the trailer where Joe Butler is in one cell, Frank Grillo's in another, they are bantering backwards and forwards, you know, and it's, you know, 
And uh, in the middle of that is Alexis Lauder, who's kind of trapped down there with them because this psychopath Toby Huss is upstairs in the police station really having fun. Like mm. that is a performance where he was like, I'm going to dial this fucking thing up to 12 and just go psychopath on this. Um, there are moments where I'm like, this is this is like the movies that come along every now and again, like Lucky Number 11, like, you know, where you think, how are they going to get out of this scenario? Mm. You know, you don't know who the hero is, you don't know who the villain is, you don't know who's telling the truth, who's lying. It's really simple storytelling, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's you've got two characters that, two characters that are interacting, you know there's this hidden motive, something needs to happen. Mix into it, um, Alexis Lauder, who, who's kind of like the referee, if you will, in a compromised position, kind of waiting. And then you've got, i be honest, Toby Cause is a, is a face I recognise, but I think it's the first time I actually learned his name and walked away from because he's, he's so good in this. I really liked him. But there are moments where nothing happens. And like, I really don't like the beginning. And I, the end was a bit of a mess. But I really liked that second act. I thought the second act was pretty good. The problem is it relies on the old Mr. Butler. And I think, and this isn't a dig, that Frank Grillo's kind of surpassed him, if you will. Like this film kind of rests on Gerard Butler being the powerhouse name to get you through. Yeah. Whereas I do think that Gerard Butler is one of the weaker elements of the story, but he does spend the majority of the story locked in a cell. So it's not really against him. You're right. Frank Grillo's on the way up and this feels like a step down. Yeah. And, oh, that's a great and Gerard Butler is on the way down, but this feels like he's kind of stored a little bit mm. and he don't want to hit the ground just yet. You know, when Greenland, which came out, wasn't that bad. When you think of movies like Geostorm and yeah. those kind of things. Um, I, I do like Joe Butler when he's more like this, the kind of rough and ready. Um, I can't remember the name of it. That Dead of Thieves, I think it was called. Yeah. I kind of like that movie when Joe Butler is less kind of shirt off hunk. <laughs> and, when he's got some fucking clothes on. Yeah. And, and no, and he's more like, you know, a bit longer haired, bit unshaven, rough guy, you know, because he does pull off that. Joe Butler molds himself into these characters quite well, you know, as a hitman, as a, as a kind of cop, yeah. you know, you know, those things. He, he He's very adaptable to them. Much better than when he's doing the kind of the rom commy stuff and the I hate that. Yeah, and the films like Laura Biden Citizen and Three Hundred like and the, the kind of big blockbustery stuff. I think actually on paper, Grillo and, and Butler in a film together, on paper, that sounds really, really good. It does. And like I say, for the most part, it does pay off. It I really like Frank Grillo though, as an actor, he's grown. And it, I think you summed it up perfectly when you were summing my words up. This does feel like a bit of a step down, like He's, I don't, we can't go into spoilers because I think people should watch this film because I'm fascinated by what other people think. But something happens to his character throughout the film and that's a really good turning point. Mm. It's like almost transformative because he also takes out his man bun and, and then that leads to great things. However, there's also, the storytelling isn't that great because the main room where you spend the majority of the film is cool. The time that you spend with Toby Hoss is right. But then there's this, Toby Hoss, sorry. But everything else is just... Bland, to be honest. I don't really care for any of the other characters other than like the three, the four, the four ones that we've listed. I just don't care. Yeah, everyone else in this is fodder. For... And, and it, it tries to play you for surprise. Like, oh my God, you forgot about this character. And you're like, no, I didn't. I just didn't care. Mm. Yeah, so I do think there was a good movie in there. Something a bit different. Something not new, but a new spin on something. And you can't say it's the all-out action film that you thought it was going to be. no. No, I, like you say, I think the second act in it was pretty good. The setup, the the idea, the concept, I was like, I, I got behind it. It didn't, mm. it didn't cause me to want to turn it off. But certainly by the end, and it has this like 1970s feel to the whole movie as well. And certainly the the credit sequence and then the music and 
the kind of songs that they reference have this very kind of 1970s, late 60s feel to it, which yeah. is, again, another thing that as an audience member, you kind of get a bit of a jarring feeling from. And when it wants to be brutal and graphic, it is. But for the most part, the most interesting part is when these characters are in dialogue mm. and, you know, in the hands of maybe a better screenwriter, it cr- could have turned into something better. Yeah. Um, you know, but, and, and maybe just a bit more established. And there are, there are certain things in it where you're like, there are certain characters where, and I don't want to spoil it, but there, there are names in this, Jared Butler being one of them, that when something happens, you're like, oh, it's Jared Butler, so that's not going to happen. He's, yeah. You know, and, and, and lo and behold, you know, it's a twist at the end. But yeah, I, I thought it was okay. It was a middle, middle of the road kind of action. It could have been 10 minutes shorter. And certainly the, the best scenes are with Toby Hoss is, uh, Hoss is in there. And the the thing about him as well is because he's dialed up so much, he then waters down Grillo and Butler because yes. now now you're like, oh shit, he's so insane and so psychopathic that he just draws the attention to the movie. Yeah, it was like Gerard's supposed to be like, well, Gerard, like but uh, Gerard Butler's supposed to be like the grounded one, like the realistic one, but it doesn't work for him because this guy's having so much fun. He just kind of looks like he's a bit of an idiot. There is, there is a, <laughs> so, yeah, there, there is a good bit when Frank Grillo from his cell so says to the cop Alexis Louder he says he's a uh, don't let him out of his cell he's a psychopath and Joe Butler's like I'm not I'm a professional and then when Toby Huss turns up he's like that's a psychopath yeah and that's a really good nod then that bit because then all of a sudden Joe Butler who in the beginning who up until this point looks like the villain now weirdly looks like some kind of hero yeah and Frank Grillo just slips more and more into the maybe he should die. <laughs> you know? And the movie does that cool thing of spinning on its head where at the beginning, you know, they're both trying to get out of the cells, but then when Toby Huss comes into the precinct with a machine gun, you're like, thank God they're down there, you know, because you don't want to be out of that room. So yeah, it's got a lot of interesting things here, but it's a shame that last act just goes so wildly wrong. I feel like they, I feel like the writers, directors, producers thought that with this film, with this lineup that they'd, promised something and they felt like they had mm. to deliver something different because I would have th- a more low-key ending would have been so much better for me mm. than what it was yeah well a low-key ending and this is the only way I can sum it up one gun one bullet yeah. scenario where you then have to root for a character versus what it basically it's war at the end of this movie yeah. and it just really loses its edifice created it set up something really unique like like mice trapped in a cage the predator coming mm. and it, but then kind of like that premise that you've lasted in a film that's however long, say it's an hour and 45. It's like, Oh, it's an hour and a half, like release, do something else now. And yeah, yeah. the tension went, my interest did wane towards the end. And that, so my final point, I don't think it also wrapped everything up nicely. There were certain character storylines because there are flashbacks in it. And there, and there are times when it goes out of the police station to show you other characters that are not instrumental, but are doing stuff that may affect the storyline. And I felt at the end of the movie, well, that didn't feel like it resolved the whole thing nicely. And it said it was mainly around Frank Grillo's character. You know, and you don't, as an audience member, you're never really supposed to know whether or not you see him as a victim or you see him as actually, you know, he's being hunted for whatever reasons. Like, you know, he's a bad, bad egg kind of thing. And there were flashbacks with him that may or may not be true. And so at the end, I really didn't really know what I was supposed to think about him as a character as well. And, and then I thought, well, I don't actually care because the last, <laughs> that last act has ruined it. it. A weird Joe Butler movie. It is. But another vehicle for Frank Grillo to show off yeah. his, uh, his skills. 
Yeah, and again, if it wasn't for streaming services, these, this movie probably wouldn't have got made. So That's true, yeah. yeah. But it, the takeaway is Toby Hess. Hoss. Hess? Hoss. He's yeah. so good. Uh, that is our show for this week, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for downloading. If you have enjoyed it, don't forget to like and subscribe. Leave a review. That would be very kind. If you do subscribe, you'll get a new episode each and every week. Yeah, so when we also want to thank everyone toying with the idea of merchandise. You know, maybe. Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> teased, teased that the other day um, that's that's what I was doing instead of watching The Guardian <laughs> it's just like I'll do anything else yeah well, that's better than watching The Guardian yeah it was well if I don't see you later I'll see you next week goodbye bye